Welcome back to the Mountains in the Sea, where we find the highs and lows of each and every Prince album and more every other week. I'm Christy. And this is Josh. And today, today, we are talking about the interview that Prince and Maite did on the Oprah Winfrey show in 1996 in promotion for the Emancipation album. Sort of. Sort of. It was, and to talk about the name change and eman, it really was a promotion sure. for emancipation, but it kind of delved a little deeper. It aired on November the 20th, 1996. From what I can tell, the filming of it was done at the very end of October or the very beginning of November of 1996. Um, and that is important to understanding all of the things that they're talking about, why they're talking about what they're talking about and uh, why it gives us questions and insight into what was happening with these people at this time. These people, these, these, these poor sad people who probably could have benefited from some professional counseling. Yep. (laughs) The artist formerly known as Prince Yes. This was his first big interview that he'd done since the name change, since Emancipation released, which was November of 1996 when Emancipation came out. So they were really heavily into promotion for the album. Yeah. And for those of you youngins, Oprah Winfrey used Mm -hmm. to host a daily talk show. And became one of the most wealthy women in the world as a result of it. Started her own news network, but it all started as like a daytime, hour-long, not a variety show. She interviewed people and talked about a variety of things from entertainment to health to science and Mm -hmm. uh, relationships. Yeah, Yeah, celebrities Mm. of all different types. She had a favorite things show where she'd, at Christmas time, bring a bunch of people in to sit in the audience who were deserving in some way. So like teachers or first responders or a different group all the time. And she'd have her favorite things and give away everything she talked about on the show, including cars once. That's right. That's where all the popular memes came from. Uh And And you you get get a a car car. and you get a car. (laughs) That was very Oprah to yell things and, yes. and hold one syllable. But well, they were super fun to watch, yeah. I have to say. And she did a good job of interviewing people. She was always, uh, she'd ask questions. She'd repeat questions in a different way to try and get an answer. She didn't feel like she got an honest answer, but she was very non-confrontational. So I think it, and she was a, black woman so i can see why prince wanted to go on her show she was arguably certainly then the most famous black woman sure on the planet yep very fair yeah and you think about the planning that went into this to coordinate it i'm sure when princess people reach out to you even if you're oprah winfrey and they say we want to have you up to paisley park interview and then he'll come and perform on your show we want it timed around november uh-huh. probably months and months in the making yes absolutely and of course she's yes mm-hmm. uh-huh. yeah i'll do that we'll move whatever we have that day yeah we'll give away turkeys another day <laughs> yes 
so they start the show and it's an interesting sort of premise for the show is that you can definitely tell that there is going to be fandom that they're catering to, but it's also this a variety show and people would tune in to watch Oprah when she was talking to guests they didn't care about for any reason, but they liked Oprah. So they'd tune in and this was was, on it. Well, it was on or if you liked Oprah, there was a lot of times when I would watch Oprah or something, an Oprah interview where I didn't really care who she was interviewing, but I'm like, I don't know anything about this person. I don't really care about this person. But it was interesting to watch her talk to someone. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's an interesting mix of here's the things we're going to geek out about as fans. And, oh, by the way, here's some introduction in case you, you know, have been under rock for two decades and you don't know who Prince is. Oh, yeah. A lot of obligatory cuts to Purple Rain and 1999 songs and videos as she Mm -hmm. sets the stage for who he is and his flamboyant stage presence, mm-hmm. but mysterious and reserved personal appearances. For sure. You know, he's a child prodigy. I mean, if you're a big fan, you already knew that. Yeah. Knew. Quit wasting time. <laughs> Let's get to it. And they also kind of give context to Prince's relevance through other artists. Yes. Yeah. Which I thought was kind of interesting. So maybe you don't care about Prince, but maybe you know who Sheena Easton is. Yeah. They mentioned Sheena Easton a lot. They did. I don't <laughs> quite know why, because it wasn't even her song. She was like a guest singer on You Got the Look, which was a Prince album. Uh-huh. So they could have done Sugar Walls or any uh, number of other Sheena Easton songs. But yeah, it was a weird... It's a thing, like, He's been connected romantically with uh, Sheena Easton, uh-huh. Kim Basinger. Yeah. And Vanity. Uh-huh. And know, Apollonia. And Apollonia. They, uh-huh. Yeah. Listed some of those off. Yeah. So it was kind of interesting. And, of course, Sinead O'Connor, I mean, Prince's song that he wrote for the family that Sinead O'Connor then covered really sent her into the stratosphere as superstardom. Like, none of her songs. Mainstream. Yeah. yeah, None of her songs had broken through really Mm -hmm. widely before then. So, Shaka Khan is mentioned as well. Shaka Khan got a mention. Yep. Even though she covered. His song, mm-hmm. I Feel For You. But, yeah. I don't think it was done particularly well with a whole lot of insight. But uh, no. it was at the right level for casual, probably mainly female audience watching Oprah well, at the time. I'm going to bet there was probably some talk in the writer's room, too, about, like, here's all these artists he's worked with. Which ones do you recognize the most, other female writers? Oh, you sure. know, you are our target audience. Which ones of these mean the most to you? Mm-hmm. And I'm Shaka Khan's mention because it probably meant a lot to Oprah. Yep. So there you go. Good insight. Yeah. That is true. And that w- this was, again, 1996, so it wasn't like a, let me Google his history and right. see what I can find. It was picking up the phone, uh-huh. uh, going to the library, uh-huh. whatever. Yeah. It was manual work. Intern job. That's right. Yeah. Probably not a bad place to be an intern at the mm. Oprah Winfrey Show. Yeah. Harpo Studios? Uh, yeah. Probably all right. Probably all right. Yeah. Uh- I would guess that her relatively close proximity to Minneapolis was also... 
Aki, uh, her I, show filmed in Chicago. Chicago. Yes, I actually looked up how far it was. I'm like, is this a car drive? No, not for Oprah. Not, no, not, well, because I thought if it's an hour and a half, you know, Oprah get, might get in the car for that, or the driver will drive her for that. It's like a six and a half hour drive, but an hour and a half flight. Yeah. So surely Oprah got on a plane. I'm sure, and vice uh, versa. Right, and probably the camera crew either was local and shared the footage or her camera crew drove up there. Yeah. So whatever. Yeah. But I mean, a two part thing, right? There was a yes live live ish. It was Oprah in the studio, a studio audience, but all of her interview with the artist and Maite had been pre-recorded. Exactly. At few, Paisley Park. Right. Yes. And was like cut away. Right. And the stuff in studio was primarily live music performances by him with right. some little chitter chatter back and forth. Uh-huh. Right. Very little. Yeah. Very little. Yes. So they do give a little bit of a history of Paisley Park. Mm-hmm. Very minor. Just Top enough. level. To, yeah. Just enough to give you context that this is a big deal. This is his own sort of comfortable space. Yeah, I don't remember if yeah. she called it home and studio. I mean, essentially, that's what it was. It was right now. They had a separate home. Yes, they did. But they also had living spaces within Paisley Park because yep. Prince had, you know, wild hours as a rock star. Made sense. Mm-hmm. Oprah walks in. They embrace warmly. Oh, this is uh, her arriving in Paisley Park. Right. So, like, if you go there for the t- if you've been on a tour, right, you recognize where Oprah walks in, where Prince embraces it's her. The it all main happens doors. right there in the lobby where you wait to go in your tour. Right. Yeah. Yep. And Oprah asks the most banal, ordinary greeting question, which is perfectly acceptable. Really, I mean, it's fine. But she goes, "How's everything?" and I don't think she really expected Prince's response because she seemed surprised when he said it couldn't be better. Yeah. How's everything? Couldn't be better. Really? Couldn't be better. Yeah. A little bit of behind the scenes too. Like the cameras are already inside Paisley Park when Oprah arrives. So clearly they, you know, got the cameras in position. Prince's behind the cameras, walks into the lobby as Uh Oprah enters and they have a nice little moment there. But... A little stagey. A little stagey, but... When you stop to think about it, it looks right. natural. Like, oh, look, that's where yeah. we're arriving. And you're, wait a minute. Well, it's, it could be that they did not greet one another prior to that. Maybe. I could see that happening. Like, sure. they've arrived. Oprah will be here momentarily. We'll, we're going to get the cameras on. Where would you like to be? Yeah. That pre-production stuff kind of right. interests me. Yeah. A little bit. It felt staged when you think about it, but it did look real, sure. really natural. Yeah. And she did seem genuinely surprised when he said it couldn't be better. And he says it so brightly and earnestly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and also, I can see why she might have been a little surprised by that. Because at this point, Amir would have been two weeks old, mm-hmm. about. Mm-hmm. You know? I mean... I don't know any parent of a newborn who is quite that, like, bright and, I mean, you know, you would have a positive but uh, I'm tired sort of situation. Now I, I would can say see. for the mom, yes, if uh-huh. you're someone of princess, princess stature who didn't sleep much anyway. Right. But, I mean, obviously he wasn't 
caring for this child anymore. Right. Uh, because we know the truth, which right. is the child had passed away. Right. Basically a week before this thing was filmed. Right. Oh, yeah. we'll get so to that a little more. I definitely give him credit for not, it would have been very easy, I think, to have it be a, a somber and sort of pity show. And he did want to stay positive. Right. You know, get the promotion done and, you know, be a good spirit, that mm-hmm. type of thing. But it's just kind of strange when you put them both together, he and Maite right. at the time, where his approach and his ability to move forward and the next thing on the list and uh-huh. um, on to something else isn't clearly isn't the space that his wife is in. Yeah, yeah. which uh, I, I would say she does a good job of sure. having a brave face, but we'll get to that in a minute. She doesn't know what to call Prince, Oprah. Yeah. She's like, I don't know what to call you. And he's friend, I hope, which is very sweet. And yeah. First of all, what do I call you? Uh, friend, I hope. Friend. Friend's good. Friend's good. It was sweet. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I'm not, I mean, the only part of the Prince part up front that seemed a little insincere to me was talking about the name change and that, you know, promotion I could do without that. Oh. On the publicity tip, I... Uh, it I wasn't could, calculated. Yeah, I could do without that. Yeah. yeah. I'm like, well, you were, that's exactly what you're doing right now uh-huh. with cameras on you. Right. So that came off even less sincere. To right. me well, and he compared himself to Muhammad Ali and Malcolm X. Yeah, but he had done bit. that before. And which, yeah. I mean, they were, you know, Malcolm X was, you know, obviously like an activist, not so much an artist. Right. Who was able to kind of stay out of conflicts. That's was Prince's thing. Like yeah. he could raise awareness through music, but certainly never put his life at risk to, right. to do such things. For sure. You know, it was just, it was interesting. Mm-hmm. And he said, but we know how to pronounce those names. I don't know how to pronounce mine yet. Yeah. Just like Muhammad Ali and uh, mm-hmm. Malcolm X, people like that change their name. And some people uh, pick names that are hard to pronounce. Mm-hmm. It just so happens I pick one that you can't pronounce. I don't know how to pronounce it yet. Which was interesting. Yeah. You know, he says it's not a power play for publicity. And Mm. I'm like, eh. I mean, it kind of was a power play in order to be able to free himself from his contract sooner. Yep. But to make it more difficult to for him to be amenable to a working relationship. Right. And I always wonder like how much of that is sincere, how much of it he'd convinced himself, you know, that it really was a spiritual situation that he prayed about it. And he he may have genuinely felt that way. Yep. But But it had, I mean, it played a played to his advantage. Sure. I guess it's fair to say, which, I think he would today say, well, yeah, because it's who I was. Right. And so, of course, it played to my advantage. It let me be truly me. Mm-hmm. But it did a lot of other things on the side that didn't hurt. Right. For sure. And then Oprah asks him what people call him. Yeah, around around the studio. Yeah, around the facilities. Yeah, what yeah, what yeah. do people call you? So, he says, sir. Uh-huh. And they never called me that before, which I'm like, really? Like, nobody called you sir? Well, I can. I would be surprised if some of these people who 
okay. have names, did not also call him sir. <laughs> Some but... of these people who have names, <laughs> you well, named individuals. Kirk Johnson says he calls yeah. him, hey, Wallace, or hey, bruh. 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 Arlene and Manny, the personal assistants, <laughs> sir, and excuse me. Mm-hmm. I thought that was kind of fun. Kim Berry called him boss. Yeah, the hairdresser, Kim mm-hmm. Berry. Yes, uh, Nellie Garcia, my taste mom, son-in-law or son, which yeah. I thought was very sweet. And Morris Hayes, bruh. Bruh. Which I always think of that as being a very now sort of thing, because we have a teenager that will be like, <laughs> hey, bruh. Two, two teenagers. <laughs> yes, one, but one only one illegal. of us call, only one of them calls us bruh. Yeah, true. So. Jeez, true. <laughs> <Jeez>, bruh. <laughs> Oprah. Makes the same mistake that uh, Jay Leno would make later with the lotus yeah, that's flower. That's right. <laughs> she says it's a, a 3D set, but she corrects herself. He describes his new 3D set, CD set. Yes, a yeah. three-disc set. Right. Not a 3D set. Yes, all the music that comes packaged <laughs> is three-dimensional <laughs> in the universe that we live in. But yes. I think that Jay Leno did it no fewer than three times. It, yes. And never corrected himself. A 3D set himself. and just kept right on going. Yeah. Um, nobody pulled him aside to say anything. Yeah. No. But yeah. Oprah did correct herself, but I thought we've talked yes. about that in the past. It, it must be have been difficult. To... I mean, maybe there's just some chronic you know, problem with cue cards that make this a problem because it's been two very smart, successful people who have made the same mistake. Mm-hmm. Must be. That must be Must it. be. Prince comes out and performs... Yeah, so you see this uh, interview that's sort of like screened behind her, Uh and then, of course, it takes over the screen of your television. Mm -hmm. And then back to the live studio audience where she introduces him to play Prince-era songs. Right. Which I find it interesting that, you know, of all the live performances that we've seen thus far covering Emancipation, they were all new stuff, new stuff, new stuff. Right. And here Prince opens... With Prince music. Right. Yes. Very much seems to me like uh, the idea, if you haven't kept up with Prince since the 80s, yeah, this is a way to pull in those people who tuned in because they were fans of Purple Rain. Yep. This is a, a little pandering, if you will. But a little, also... But knowing your audience, right. right? There's probably a lot of people here who haven't thought of me much lately right even though he was hugely successful in the late 80s and early 90s too but it had been probably four years clearly out of the public eye with the name change and you know more like independent type stuff or Mm -hmm. warner brothers releases that were sort of half-hearted as far as promotion goes sure and he plays uh do me baby as mm-hmm. his first song in his all white outfit and it's interesting that those the ear cuffs that had been so mm-hmm. prominent in in live performances and videos up to this point he's not wearing them yeah but there's like some glitter on the shaved part of yeah, his yeah so he ear. does still have the shave by his ear which i noticed was not symmetrical on both sides okay but wherever it was shaved above his ear it did have like glitter yeah so it kind of gave the same effect, but he doesn't have the ear cuffs, which were such a huge part of the look at that I mean, point. That went on for many, many years. Yes. So yeah, Do Me Baby, it was a live performance, but mm-hmm. Prince was the only vocalist, both both live and backing sample tracks. background tracks yeah. that were part of it too. Yep. Um, the 
rest of the band that was there was like instruments only. Right. You know, Kat and Rhonda and Kirk Johnson and Morris Hayes. Yep. Yeah. But he does a great job singing. There's some really nice inflection that he does. He has a ton of fun dancing for this audience of largely women. Largely white women. Largely white women. Though I did notice there were quite, there were were more men than I realized. Yeah. You know, there was more than, you know, the six men than an Oprah (laughs) audience would normally. Sure. You know draw so there was uh, but it was mostly white women yep. so but he's definitely having some fun and doing things he knows going to set them off to some little fancy footwork and there's even a shot of Oprah and she just looks astonished at what she's seen uh-huh. yeah like I don't know how much of this they're going to let me air <laughs> kind of look on her face yeah, almost it wasn't, it wasn't risque no was I don't know. There was some like pointing and thrusting at some point that was, it was enough to get the crowd very worked up. He throws the get wild sign, mm-hmm. does some very fun splits yeah. and then goes right into, if I was your girlfriend, he encourages them to get on their feet, which was super fun. Yeah, does some he, side to side kind mm-hmm. of waving. He's clearly enjoying what, and very much upbeat. If I was your girlfriend, a little yes. faster and more party-ish than and not in a falsetto for the most yeah, part. That's right. Which was well, was great. Yeah, yeah. Not a falsetto and not a pitch adjusted. Right. Yeah. Vocal for sure. And yeah, the ladies go nuts over the, would you let me wash your hair? Mm-hmm. Would you let me touch you? There. Which was different than the uh-huh. album version. Yeah. But yes, very much. Yeah. Playing to the audience for sure. Mm-hmm. And he ends in a deep bow. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's fun. Doesn't he back up like into Rhonda and yeah. Kat and, and he knows almost, right where their guitars are going to be uh-huh, too. And he puts a, almost like a, crucified, a Christ, yeah. yeah, Christ figure. Yeah. Just yeah, it wasn't like a controversy video type thing. But no, yeah, but it kind of harkened back to it a little, a little maybe. bit, but also it was almost like an open embrace than uh-huh. a like Christ figure type thing. Sure. But I, yeah, it was definitely similar. Uh-huh. Um, then they talk about that we're back to then we're back pre-recorded. to pre-recorded interviews and they talk about sex in the summer and Prince is clearly delighted to have been able to incorporate the ultrasound heartbeat of their baby into a song. Was, he's just you can tell he was just delighted and moved by it, even though it's super weird lyrically that song. <laughs> With his oh, baby's sure. heartbeat, yeah, yeah. we not talked working. about that at yes. length. Yes, not yeah. the whole heartbeat thing, but the fact that it's about yeah. being a player, right. essentially. When, mm-hmm. but yeah, he goes into detail about. I mean, there wasn't anything really that technical about how they went about finding the heartbeat sound. And, yeah, I mean, it was pretty standard, probably new to him. But sure, if you've had a child or uh-huh. you know been around babies, yeah. It was pretty standard stuff. Yeah, it it wasn't. It was new for him. Yeah, it was new for him. It's so interesting because Oprah just is effusive about how uh, sweet Prince and Maite are together. She calls him gone in love. Mm -hmm. 
I gotta tell you, my friend, the artist, is in love, y'all. In love. Gone. In love. And it's such a dichotomy that their love is seen so clearly by Oprah, and yet the sadness is really hidden. There's some deep sadness happening there, um, which I think we see a little bit of, but there's also a lot of love to see. Mm -hmm. There's also a lot of warmness between them. I mean, at least they sat together on a couch, side by side, or it was a Uh love seat, whatever, as opposed to or having to stand next to him or, or other yeah. weird things that they've Yeah, they or did sit together. on the arm of a chair. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Like she's some sort of parrot. That's right. Yeah. A sidekick. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. They're definitely like Oprah's like, is is he romantic? Like a sort uh-huh. of sort of obvious questions, but I mean I think you have to ask those when, you know, they sit down together and you're the first person to interview them. You have to go through these things and you know, does he have flowers on the bed? And uh-huh. she, you know, she says, well, yeah, the flowers. But, you know, the, the greatest thing he gives to me is so many, all these beautiful songs that he's written for me. So there's the real connection. Like, it would take the right person to uh-huh. be, first of all, to be married to the artist formerly known as Prince and also to feel like the music is that part of him. And if he says, I'm giving that to you, then that you understand that that's like one of the only ways that he's ever known how to communicate well and express himself Mm -hmm. in a way that he's comfortable with. Yeah. I do remember they had a very nice, like a dropping shot of them in the atrium. And I do remember seeing that and feeling like it was such a nice inside look into Paisley park. And it was barely inside. Yeah. So having been there, but then you realize that the room that they're in is very large and you know, is interesting. Um, I didn't remember to, I should have read my taste book again uh, in preparation for emancipation because evidently she did talk about the betcha by golly. Wow. Video, video. Yeah. Um, you know, where they were trying to reimagine a happier ending. It was filmed after Amir's death. Now, poor Maite did not know that Oprah was coming until the morning of mm. and Prince insisted that she get up and put makeup on and get dressed and do this interview. She begged him, please don't make me do this. Say I'm sick. Say that I, I'm not feeling well. Say that I'm tired from the baby. Anything. Don't make me do this. And he's like, you will get up and you will put on clothes. Part, I mean, like, there could be a level of selfishness there. It also is like the only way that he w- could think of to get here to, you know, snap out of it a uh, little. Yeah, 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 like we got to move on kind of thing. So again, just struggling to be a, being able to figure out a way to, you know, someone you're that close with is that probably deeply sad and not really having a lot of answers. It's yeah. probably tough too. Right. Yeah. And she does seem very very young. In this interview, just mannerisms alone, and just I mean, she's yeah. early 20s, 23 yep. when this aired. Yeah. It's if depending on when, if it was filmed in early November, depending on when, she might have still been 22 at this point. Yeah, she's very young, he is 38. There is a 
definitely a power dynamic between them that you see, but there's also this very sweet talk of faded love for one another. They have the same sort of strong connection. They legitimately seem to delight in talking about how they met and working together and getting married and all of these things that are, you know, it was very sweet, the reminiscing over that part of it and the joy over the early part of their relationship really comes through. And that seems very genuine. Yeah. It's just an odd mixture of, you know, the history that is shared between the two of them and then being not ready to deal with publicly. Right you know, a personal tragedy. Right. Though I did think it was a little weird because Prince says that in a past life that she would, that they were the same person or she was his sister. I feel like she was either my sister or we were the same person or something in another life. It, there's a closeness that, that you know is right and you don't argue with. Well, isn't this all kind of weird? And I'm like, it's a little weird to want to sleep with your sister. That whole, again, like, (laughs) Prince had done such a good job for so many years, 20 years at this point of, you know, being somewhat reclusive, building on the mystery, and then all of a sudden (laughs) the gates open and you're like, can we put some of the toothpaste back in the tube? (laughs) Yes. You know, even him mentioning that he had just taken someone through therapy, like, I don't know that that's... Really, a role I think you should play, but uh, didn't really like Oprah. Didn't if she followed up on that one, it wasn't aired, like, right? Really, what? Well, and that's what I mean when she say she kind of pushed. Well, we'll get to that in a minute. Okay, we're not quite there. I did notice she's like two weeks postpartum at this point, and she is wearing an all white outfit. Yeah, and I really felt for her because <laughs> the last thing I wanted to do postpartum, two weeks postpartum, was wear white anything not a white shirt not a white pants not a white nothing yeah true i don't think they were doing their own laundry but i still i know what you're saying right they they did prince did have a elusive sort of answer and that was not entirely untrue when uh, you know asked about the rumors about their son Mm -hmm. um he said our family exists yeah and we're just getting started. Yeah, we're just beginning. Up. Yeah, we're just beginning. Uh, our family exists. Mm-hmm. Um, we're just beginning it. Yeah, it's not as not as much of a cover up as like Aaron Rodgers. Have you been? Uh, have you <laughs> got? A, have you been vaccinated against COVID nineteen? Yeah, I've been immunized. Uh-huh. You know, or it's truly inoculated truly trying inoc- inoc- inoculated or immunized. I forget Something what like was that. the word, but it was clearly meant to deceive. Right. Whereas their answer was Yeah, whether uh, it's whether yeah, whether there's three of us or there had been three of us, we're still together. And right. This child will be part of us forever. So our family exists is right. not an untrue statement. Sure. And, you know, and then that's as much as they want to say. But then Prince shows Oprah the playroom at Paisley Park that he had put together while Maite was in the hospital. And Maite said in her book that she had not even seen this, that he showed it to Oprah before he showed it to her. And I can see how that might be 
really challenging, uh, like a hard thing. Look, here's this playroom that our baby is never going to come play in. Yeah. But I, I think it could have been sweet to say, hey, come look. I had this done. I know he's never going to be able to play here, but we're going to have more chances. Yeah. I mean, of course, looking at it from the outside is easy. Um, right. But I think, of course, that was the intention, was that it was meant to be a surprise for her. It's not like he was doing it, um, you know, to spite her no. or to build on the mystery or to cover anything up. It was just, well, of course, I can't show this to her now. She's deeply sad. Uh-huh. That's the part that sort of adds to the That's inoculation, uh-huh. immunization well, type of, of course, the story. Because he, she asks again, yeah. you know, about this in, in a... Not in a probing way, but not confrontational, um, which I think is what she was pretty good at. And he said, it's all good. Never mind what you hear. Mm-hmm. And all those rumors about their baby? Well, the artist shared this with us. It's all good. Never mind what you hear. That would that be was the closer same. To sure. a, yeah. That was closer to a lie without still actually being a lie. Mike J says she never called him Prince anyway. Mm-hmm. When they go back to that little uh, interviewing bit, right? Um, and you know she talks about how funny he is, and it does again. Yeah. It seems very warm talking about things that are not anywhere near the baby, right? There, she's doing okay, it seems, and uh, you know, funny Prince shows up. I don't tell jokes. I'm serious. I don't tell jokes. I'm serious. Yeah. Oh yeah. He puts on his joking serious uh-huh. face as he says it. Yeah, there are there are funny moments and no doubt there you know, that, mm-hmm. I mean their relationship was on a strong foundation. It was certainly shaken by all of this. Right. Um and of course this time they thought they'd be together forever. That's right. And they had many plans for what it sh- he said nine Kids and Maite said, well, I hope a couple of those are twins <laughs> yeah, so I, think I can... they said 10, but yeah. <laughs> said, do you really want to have 10 kids? And she goes, what? He goes, it's up to her, which mm. I know. <laughs> like, have you left anything up to her ever? <laughs> I don't think so. But, I mean, they definitely wanted to have more children together. <laughs> and then uh, Prince talks to Oprah just the two of them again. And mm-hmm. my taste portion is done. She's been released to go back to bed or whatever. Oprah asked him if he regrets his past. Mm-hmm. And she says that we just have an image of you behind closed doors having sex. The wildest swinging from the doves in the ceiling. We just have this image of you behind purple doors just kind of having <laughs> sex. Oh, my goodness. The wildest swinging from the their doves in the ceiling and it's just the that's that's the image well hey i'm like what it's just bad ad it was just really like it yeah yeah she didn't want to say chandelier because that was cliched in 1996 but then she said the doves in the ceiling sorry nobody's swinging from any doves in any ceiling anywhere no no unless it's other doves maybe (laughs) Maybe yeah or coconuts (laughs) Those are swallows, unladen swallows. Unladen swallows, that's right. He tells us that he's written over a thousand songs at this point. Right. Yeah. We get a very poorly lit 
peek into Studio B. Right. Studio Blacklight. Well, I think that's the galaxy room that we went through. Yeah. Um, he called it Studio a... B yeah. in the interview. Mm-hmm. So, And it's all lit with blacklight. Right. And I guess they just wanted to give us a peek behind the curtain. Yeah. This is where we get the prince saying why he's going to live in Minneapolis forever. Yeah, something Because that's repeated. part of the weird, the weirdness yeah. You know, she's sure. like, it's weird that you would live in Minneapolis. Like, you live in Chicago. I mean, it's not a coastal city. This is where sure. most people they're, they're would... They're similar cities. The Midwest, I mean, and it's freaking cold. Uh-huh. And, sure. Yeah, and that's exactly what he says. It's cold, and it keeps the bad people out. Yep. You will always live here? Mm-hmm. Why? It's so cold, it keeps the bad people out. Recent analysis has proved that there's probably two people inside of me. Oprah, to her credit, does ask. So psychologists? Uh-huh. Therapists? This? Yeah, like trained professionals have figured this out. Yeah, what kind of analysis? Can I see the data, please? <laughs> and I'm like, uh, and that's when he kind of confesses that he found it. He discovered this while he was helping somebody else do therapy, which I'm like, you're not qualified for to do the therapy, honey. I'm really sorry. Honey. <laughs> yeah. But, um, or even like to why would that come up? I don't know. Like there should have been some PR help there of what is it that you want people to know? And uh-huh. let's figure out a way that, Makes sense. Think about the pros and cons of what you say, how you say it. But again, like leaning on others for it. He was going to do what he wanted to do. This is very true. And basically, he said that he'd created another personality as a defense mechanism at about five years when he old. he was a child, right. Because he was teased for being small. Yep. The way he talks about it is it's like he's got another personality that's a friend. Mm-hmm. And that that is the... Persona that he is is now. Okay. Now, I don't believe that there is like an actual sort of disorder that uh, would be in the Diagnostics and Statistical Manual of Psychology, the DSM. Colloquially, there is a a disorder called uh, DID, Dissociative Identity Disorder, where a another personality might be created. Uh, in, as a defense mechanism mm-hmm. in times of trauma. I'll post a link to this video at the entire thing, clips, other information as we come across it, including information about DID on our social media. You can find us on Facebook, the Mountains in the Sea of Prince podcast. You can find us on Twitter at TMATS, T-M-A-T-S podcast, or if you don't do the socials, you can send us an email, podcast at gmail.com. Yeah, thus far, and we're making our way through this interview, but again, I go back to think of like all the interviews he did, no one really asked him about, tell us, walk us through the, the conception of this album yeah, and the songwriting process yeah. and how all of this came out of you. From, you know, it's not like you haven't been releasing music and then suddenly here's three discs, 180 minutes of new music and covers and what was the approach and 
the process and there was just none of that. Like the music was not, it was so secondary. It was, it was was tertiary. It was, yeah, it was barely part of the whole thing outside of, you know, him performing live. Well, because people wanted to talk about his marriage. They wanted to talk about his name change. They wanted to talk about the baby they were having that there's all this, uh, celebrity gossip stuff that was seemed to really be forefront. And Mm -hmm. I think that would have been a help from PR professionals helping him do yeah, this too. I want to music. Yeah. Like you this and... is, this is what, you know, you don't, everybody doesn't need to be in the middle of your personal life. You've been so private for so long. It's great that you want to let people in a little more. You can talk about how free you feel. You can talk about that. Maite is such a huge part of that, mm-hmm. you know, if that's strongly about it, but let's talk, let's encourage them to ask questions about the songs. Yep. Yeah. It was not so, done that way. No, unfortunately. Then Oprah sits at a purple piano mm-hmm. with Prince and he does play her a little purple rain, maybe a little begrudgingly. I believe it's the same piano that he was there in studio. Yes, he d- it he the was same the little, same one yeah. that he took down to Chicago or sent down to Chicago. UPS. <laughs> UPS. <laughs> No. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, he does. She asks, what are you going to play for me? And he says, what do you want to hear? So, uh-uh. I mean, you better be prepared for someone to ask for the most obvious, biggest hit that you've ever written and released. If they're right. sitting next to you, that'd be quite a thing to play. But he does it happily. Yeah. What are you going to play for me? What do you want to hear? I hear a little bit of Purple Rain. We're at a purple piano. Maybe a little begrudgingly, but then, uh, you know, they talk about how he learned to play the piano at seven and he Mm -hmm. plays the uh, Batman Mm -hmm. uh, theme. Yeah. You taught yourself to play at seven years old? Yes. Do you remember your first song? Yeah. You do? Yeah. Very fun. He plays a little of uh, Forever in My Life. Yeah. They talk about John F. Kennedy uh-huh. Jr. getting uh-huh. married and having that be his first dance. There comes a time never may life. He gets That was a really standout moment right there. It was beautiful. Yeah, you know, he had that, like that deep, soulful singing. He actually sang some of that. He didn't sing any of Purple Rain. He right. played it. Right. Uh, but then did some, you know, very soulful singing for Forever in My Life. Mm-hmm. And then Oprah accidentally calls him Prince. Yep. And he's very, very gracious about it. Yes, he is, so, to his credit. But, yep. I mean, it stayed in the character that he was. If he's, a, you know, someone to be a friend, right? then he's going to behave nicely. Mm-hmm. And he most certainly did. Yes. Even Oprah called him a sweet, sweet soul of a man. Uh-huh. Something like that. Yeah. yeah. Thank you, Prince. Oh, thank you. When it, you should slap me. You should just slap me. No, I won't do that. Okay. You should just, I, thank you, friend. Friend. Thank you, friend. Um, they do talk about the slave on his face as protest, and he kind of 
tries to make it clear that he was not referring to himself or comparing himself to slaves of the past or in the future, um, that that was just really how he felt. I'm like, really? You name it emancipation, the Emancipation Proclamation, you had slave on your face. There There's, are, you know, his hands breaking free of chains. Uh-huh. So there were definitely comparisons there that he walked back a little bit. Right. I think, again, like not thinking it completely through. And uh, he maybe he never really meant it that way. But that's the way it came across. Oh, the imagery and even mm-hmm. the chorus of the title track, Break the Chain, Break the Chain, it was clearly referential to slavery. There's For sure. no getting around that. Yep. But he does talk actually fairly positively about Warner Brothers. Yep. Um, you know, how he, he feels like they were a uh, an integral part of him becoming the person that he was and... You know, he is a happy, free man now. I want to call some of them up and just, I thank you. I love you. Yeah, that was another funny Prince face Uh moment. Thank you, man. I love Uh you, man. Uh Yep. And then we get another live performance to kind of wrap up the show, which it was an interesting choice. We get sleep around, which we have not heard up to this point. Didn't have a video nope. hadn't been played live it was a nice break from the holy river as far as oh, i was yeah. concerned was, i mean i i enjoy was, the holy river but yeah every live performance he did it yes. was there yes so it was a nice alternative track for him to pick um he's wearing a purple suit playing at the purple piano mm-hmm. there's a little bit of a weird stilted effect on the video yeah it's like a lower frame rate uh-huh. that i thought it would have just been better to leave the effect off so we could just see it and uh-huh. it gets worse like it gets more pronounced as the song goes the song on. goes on right the frame rate gets even lower and you can tell that it's a choice too because they'll switch to audience and the audience is normal correct and then they switch back and it's this yeah, stylized effect, effect and uh, could have done without it, it but was unnecessary the performance was very fun he sings into a gun microphone yep which was fun and a little weird in hindsight but still pretty fun it was a thing that he'd been doing for sure. a while so it was enjoyable he's play, he plays the piano he sits he stands up he plays the piano oh and he does the splits off the piano, piano. oh yeah oh yeah. he gets on top and pulls his jacket off mm-hmm. which of course sends the audience bananas yeah and he jumps off and he even uh, i don't know that it was really in the performance or if it was part of overdubbing when he they have this quick little cut of him looking in the camera. Oprah. There's uh-huh. like a nice oh, little yeah. Oprah hit there. Yes. That they Which were clearly ready for. Right. Was, you know, right in front of a camera for it. Yeah. Um, and then they wrap up that performance. And there's one single live interview question. That's right. At the very end. At the very end, Oprah asks, how many more songs do you think you have inside yourself? And he said, one a day, I hope until I die. And he was probably right. Probably. He might have done more than that. Yeah. How many more songs do you think you have inside yourself? Oh, uh, one a day. One a day. I hope till I die. 
Emancipation plays over the credits. And that is the 41 minutes of the Oprah Winfrey show. Oh, yeah. You get behind-the-seats footage of Oprah working out, and she's Uh listening to Emancipation. Well, because it was... This was very skinny Oprah, too. Uh Uh-huh. It only was Oprah show. People, if you weren't there to see Prince, you were there to see Oprah. So it had to be, you know, at least parts of it Oprah centric. Yeah, she was wearing an Emancipation hat while uh-huh. she was working oh, out. Yeah, and, hat and a shirt. Yeah, you can dance to it. Uh-huh. You can do whatever to yeah. it. <laughs> yes, it was fun. All right, we are going to make selections, even though this is a little unconventional of a episode for us, but we thought it was important to talk about, especially in light of the challenges that he was going through personally and how he handled that. Definitely a big part of the emancipation story for sure. Recording of the album, the birth of their child, and then the promotion that came after it is just this very, what's the right word even? It's an emotional thing. It's highs, it's lows. It's It's very challenging. In need of help. Yeah. Not knowing how to handle things. Mm. Being young, even though you're 38, you probably think you know a whole lot, but clearly have not been through this type of thing and have the person that you're closest to uh, be so devastated. Yeah, for sure. But we are going to choose three things. We choose time capsule, the sea, the mountain, time capsules, the... Just like it sounds, the sea is the low point. The mountain is the high point. Yep. These are my rules, so I go first. So the time capsule for me is the whole lore about the name change and how he was trying to frame that. Yeah. um, Because he had not really done a lot of work to frame it publicly prior to promotion of emancipation. Yeah. I mean, outside of... You know, having a birth and death year on the uh-huh. cover of an album and right. sort of letting that speak for himself. But I think it was the public understanding was, oh, it was a way to get out of a right. contract. And him being weird. And him being weird. Yeah. Excellent time capsule. I sat down to think about this and I wrote down, well, everything from start <laughs> to finish, from the look of the Oprah show to, um, you know, his own appearance to the album. I mean, it all just screams... Late 1996, but particularly for me, the time capsule was the rare looks inside the newly painted Paisley Park interior Uh that's mostly still there today. The colorful pillars, his eyes and the clouds and at the staircase going in and him even mentioning it used to be really plain and we recently, you know, spruced it up or got some color, Uh you know, so the cleanliness and the white uh huh. Purity of Paisley Park is now this vibrant place, and right? That was sort of the first more time warmth. that we had seen that much inside of it, right? So that that spoke to me as oh, like even when I see it today, I'm like, well, I know when that was done. Of course, right. it's been expanded upon since then, but that's when it really sort of did its first like mini renovation, right? Seven eight, seven or eight years after opening. Yep. Uh, the C for me was him forcing Maite to participate. Mm-hmm. It was sad, and even even if their baby had been fine, two weeks postpartum to insist uh, a mom come and do an interview in you know full hair and makeup, and it just it seemed like a lot. I agree. For me, I wrote down oh the C. Well, everything. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, to me, they shouldn't have done the Oprah interview together. The look, uh-huh. the, especially the look on Maite's face when Oprah asks about their son, and she immediately looks back to Prince as like, I'm not going to answer this. He had a way that he wanted to say it, and she wasn't even going to start talking. Well, he told her not to say anything. So she was forbidden even from saying anything. Yes, their faces definitely... Oh, I think you her, could, she looks down, she looks at him, uh-huh. it's like, like the eye contact is gone. Yeah, she had a big smile on her face talking about other things, and Oprah brings up their baby, and yep. the it, it's like freezes on yeah. her face, and like you can tell he's got a little bit of a look on his face. Yeah. Man, it was, it was rough. Yeah, so the, the answer, our family exists, is really both beautiful and heartbreaking, and like I said before, Prince was better at being mysterious and private than than letting you in. And there's mm-hmm. no moment to me more than, than that that illustrates that part of him. All right. But the mountain for me was mm-hmm. that they did sleep around. Even with the weird effect on it, I appreciated a different song choice. Yeah, because there was a lot of, for a guy that's written a thousand songs and could have performed anything, all these live performances were centered around two songs, both ballads, one's a cover. It got old to me real yeah. quick. Like, yeah. And I know uh, we are the exception than the rule to be having watched all of this stuff. And it was like a consistent message and it's all about branding and this is what this album's all about. So all of that was there. But man, mix it up a I little was, bit. I was, re- I was ready for something different. And we for got sure. something we did different get, here. We did. The mountain for me was him being understanding when, when Oprah, him being understanding when Oprah and he are sitting at the piano and she says, thank you, Prince. <gasps> Oh, uh-huh. you and she says, you should just slap me. You uh-huh. should just slap me. And he barely even moves. He exhales and he says, no, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Yeah, it was very sweet. It was very, very sweet. Well, we have another interview performance entire show that was devoted to Prince that we need to talk about. And that was when Prince went on Chris Rock's show. Or as I said, as we sat down to record this podcast, when Chris went on Prince Rock's show. Uh, That's right. That was a great moment. (laughs) That's right. Exactly. So yes, Chris Rock had his own show, if Uh you didn't know. Right. Uh, Back in the mid-90s for a short bit. Uh It was was on HBO, was it not? I don't remember. I believe it was on HBO. So he could do... Some things and say some words that, you know, Oprah wasn't going to get near exactly. Right. Exactly. So we're going to watch that, talk about that. I haven't watched this in years and years and years. So I'll be excited to uh, revisit this and uh, enjoy it. And if we'll throw in uh, anything else that we find that might be relevant before we move on from these particular promotions, promotions. I feel bad. Like we've got to cover them because he did them and they're out in the world. And now they're, it's been 27 years since all this took place, but it's all just so heartbreaking to watch when you know about what's really going on. So it's like, I feel obligated to cover it because clearly he sanctioned it. My team, maybe not, um, but he was in control. This is the way he wanted to handle it. And so it's, it's part of the history. Mm -hmm. Yep. Thanks so much for listening. We know you make a choice when you listen to us. We really appreciate it. If you have a purple friend that you have not yet told about this show, if you're new, welcome. If you are new and haven't told a friend, then 
uh, you know, tell a friend because it's way more fun when you can listen with somebody else. And uh, if you're not new and you've made it this far and you haven't told your Prince friends about us, then please do. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I didn't. I wasn't going to say it, but you know, what is wrong with you? Please tell your friends. <laughs> Until next time, happy purple listening. Thanks for listening. Who? Hey, oh, hey! Hi! Hey, everybody! <laughs> yep, and then emancipation. Emancipation? 